Welcome back to Shit Talk Fridays, everybody. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. And today we have a special guest with us. Okay. Yay. <laughs> this is our good friend Kay. She's actually here with us today because she's going to share her perspective with us so graciously about her generation, which is Gen Z. There's a lot of talk right now on social about Gen Z versus millennial. So I'm a millennial and Evo is Gen X. I'm actually like right on the cusp. Um, I'm not going to tell my birth year, but I'm right on the cusp of like Gen X and millennial. But I will say that I identify strongly with millennial. So I thought it would be great for us to have the conversation in person because on social, it's always people creating videos like, like against each other and they're not necessarily having the conversations like in person about what we think about generations so i thought it would be fun for us to um ask each other some questions that we may kind of be intrigued about when it comes to the generations and i would love evo if you could start us off sure yeah absolutely um so one thing that i've noticed um is that I keep seeing over social media and um, and the internet that obtaining a home is something that's becoming more and more difficult for generations as you know the generations pass. Um, and I know that even for us, when we bought a home, it was it was work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Um, but like now, with the with the prices of homes skyrocketing the way that they are, it almost seems like it's something like that. It's unreachable, right? And that's like the American dream. Supposed to own a piece of real estate, have a family, blah, 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 marriage and all that stuff. Um, And it almost seems like that this new generation is taking a different approach on it. Almost trying to like break that that trend of getting married, buying a home. And, you know, there's so many new creative ways that the generation is going about living their life that is breaking away from buying a home you know you have people that are like this nomad thing is like really big where people are just they're getting digital jobs and they're just traveling the world and living their life like that and i was just interested to hear your thoughts on how you what do you feel how what are your feelings on potentially buying a home in the future what does that look like for you i don't necessarily know exactly what it would look like but i do know that i do work remotely so the whole nomad thing is very enticing for me and a lot of people within my culture um especially with people are buying buses and containers or like buying or just renting Airbnb real estate. And that's how they'll do it. Even like I have some friends that are like close to my age, a little bit older that are like buying homes with other people for family or like for family units or family units. They'll rent that out to someone and live in that. Yeah. And that's how they kind of help grow their net worth Mm -hmm. and their money to maybe even think about, buying a home or just live in the country and a lot of things i've been hearing from a lot of people my age is when i do get to that age to maybe even buy i might not even want to do it in the united states just because of how Mm. difficult and hard it is i've heard so many people talk about like this life of like communal living or commune let's buy a plot of land here but i've heard so many people say it and i've actually seen a lot of people my age go and do it already right um a lot of people my age are even looking into a lot of like farm life or farm farm living just because of the sustainability of life life is just not it doesn't seem as attainable anymore we're also learning about so much of our agriculture or things like that that doesn't seem like it's so easy to just live buy a home 
buy our groceries it's not that easy anymore so we really have to think of ways to really survive within the system and like buying a home isn't really at the top of that list for a lot of people anymore because it's just another materialistic entity that in a sense with the money that we're really making and we're bringing in and that we're also putting out to sustain our lives it's not really benefiting us it's really bringing us down because a lot of people are like okay if i want to move or do this i have to worry about relocating this home or like selling this so when we have little things or things that we can still own but maybe not a home it helps us not feel like we're tied down so so Mm -hmm. much but also can we even do it so we're figuring out other ways to kind of make our lives um attainable like it used to be for i guess past generations when it was like you know we want a a family and a white picket fence and our jobs we're like okay we want our jobs we have our car Mm mm-hmm I want to live here yeah maybe not all the time yeah but so we're just thinking of other ways we think of how to have our cake and eat it too in multiple different places and that, as you should <laughs> and i just i'm fascinated by the idea of it because it's like you know when we were growing up online jobs wasn't really a thing you know yeah. you went you moved somewhere you found a job and that's where you built your life you know and so you know settling down you know digging your feet and putting your roots into the ground somewhere and raising a family was traditionally the thing to do and it's just it's so amazing to see how many creative ways are coming up for people to live and you know what what that future looks like for people and how they envision raising a family and the way that they do it like you're saying where the people are buying trailers um you know and they're they're just coming up with all these different creative ways to to um to live and can i just say that i actually think that i don't want to say this in a way where it sounds like demeaning it's actually not as creative as you think I think what struck me, what you and Kay were saying is the nomad life. If you think about it, that's how we started out as human beings. Mm -hmm. We were Mm hunter-gatherers. We were nomads. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I get that. So what I'm saying to you is is that the way of life of not tying yourself down to one area is actually the way that we started out as human beings. It wasn't until the agriculture revolution that we actually started to stay in one place. When we learned how to farm, then we said... Okay, so we have a crop here. We need a house here. So we can't leave because this is what's sustaining us. I think this generation is potentially tapping back into the beginnings and saying, I actually don't want to be locked down. I read a book um, called Sapiens that talked about the one of the biggest downfalls of mankind was agriculture. Yeah. Us farming land kept us locked in, and then we had homesteads. And because we then decided to stay in this one location, we then diminished our ability to get up and go. I think this generation doesn't want to be locked down. I think they want to have that freedom of getting up and going. And when I say I feel them on that, I do because what I always tell you, when we retire, I want out of this fucking house and I want a trailer that I could park anywhere and hop on a plane and travel and do as I please. Because always having to be in the same place, I, and there's so much to do in this world, like, why just stay in one place? Well, the, f- the fascinating part about it to me is that, you know, like, we bought into the lifestyle that was, you know, pitched to us, right? Mm-hmm. Which was the, again, I'm going to repeat it, buying a home, settling down, raising a family. Yeah, the American dream. The American dream. And so what really catch, catches my interest in this in this topic is that it's the, the moment that you know, a generation branches out and starts doing something differently because what's in front of them all of a sudden doesn't seem like 
want something that they either want to buy into or it just doesn't they don't they don't jive with it you know it just doesn't sit well with them you know and all of a sudden just something new happens and you know and how that evolves and grows you know and that's the fascinating part about yeah. it to me you know so that's why i want to get your thoughts on it because i really want to hear you know from someone like you what does that sound like and i really don't have like conversations like this too much you know with younger people and on this type of topic so i was really eager to hear your, your I'd answer i'd like to add that like um the i feel like current conversations with a lot of people in my um, generation is just like we saw what our families or our parents dealt with and what they stuck through with and it was just like that's what y'all did <laughs> like <laughs> you worked that hard for that yeah. or like you were and you're still doing it yeah i'm out of the house i'm doing my own thing and you're still doing that yeah to yeah. sustain your family and stuff but like you like i got out of the house and everything but you're like it's not you're still so it's just like mm. i don't want to do that yeah. i don't want to do that you're still sustaining what you thought would help until my kids are out of the house because they're out of the house you're still i still need to get this done i still need to pay for this mm. that's you're held down yeah um you can't really blame oh i have kids now i have work i have this the kids are gone work like work is easy now because you, you're you're at a different job you're doing this so a lot of people are just noticing that like i don't want to do what my parents did it's not my dream the american dream for a lot of people is starting to kind of deteriorate mm. or deteriorate yeah. i should say um it, it's not it doesn't seem as attainable but it also doesn't seem like really beneficial for a lot a lot of people especially the route you want to go and seeing that there's so many other routes than what was painted for our parents um yeah. <laughs> I th actually think that that's a great point. So on that, I would love to hear what your first question is for us and our old ass generation. Because when you <laughs> when Evil said jive, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you you'll always catch me dating myself when I say certain things. I forgot what did I say the other day. I said tossing salad, right? <laughs> like that really dated me. I have something in my eyes. So fucking yeah, me. it's a, it's a conspiracy. Yeah, I'm telling you, I always I put myself out there too much by okay. <laughs> by saying shit like that. <laughs> so my first question is what is your perspective or opinion on my generation's work ethic and what is seen as acceptable in comparison to your generation what you've seen in the past you want to take this first um i'll let you start i feel like there's like a two-parter to mm -hmm. that which is what do we think about their current work ethic versus what you saw as acceptable yeah what like what, what ethic, we considered as acceptable in the past i'm gonna be honest and i'm gonna let you start i'm a little biased okay because I have a child mm -hmm. your age. Mm -hmm. So I'm very directly tied to the way your generation is functioning. Mm -hmm. And I also was a manager for a long time where I manage a lot of people from your generation. And I really directly felt connected to the way that they went about things. They actually helped me change my perspective slightly. So I'm going to share that, but I want, like, what do you think? Um, so I'm going to answer the first part. And then the second part, I need, I would need you to tell, repeat it to me again, because I'm more focused on answering the first part. Honest, in, in all reality, I don't really have a lot of experience um, working with uh, people from a different generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, so to say, like, I have a really, um, to say I have, a, like, a perspective on their work ethic, um, wouldn't I wouldn't be able to say much on it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what I can say is from owning, when I owned the car wash, I did have a lot of younger people working with me. Mm -hmm. um, and, th you know, what really, sh like, struck me was that it was very difficult to get them to, it was really difficult to get them to 
show up to work and value what it is that they did for work. It just really seemed like all of them wanted to show up for a paycheck. It was almost like, you know, the sense of entitlement of like, you know, what do you have to offer me? And if it's, you know, if it's not that great, then, I, you know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, as to where I remember, you know, when I was growing up, uh, you know, I showed up to prove myself. And then once I proved myself, you know, then I wanted to discuss what can you do for me? You know, I, I was more about showing my value first mm-hmm. rather than, you know, what does this job have have to give me a value? And then if I like it, then I'll perform. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that is the difference in the work ethic that I saw mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. business that, you know, really, really bothered me. It, it, it made it very difficult to own a business. And um, needless to say, I, I don't have that business anymore. I ended up selling it and I end up scaling it back and just working for myself because I just feel like um, it just I work better that way. I actually think that that's. I honestly, Evil, didn't even think about it like that. Like, I totally forgot that you had people that at one time were yeah, a lot of young, of a young kids. Yeah, that work, you worked with them. And I remember some of the struggles that you yeah. had while you were going through that business. But what I will say is this, and what I wanted to share with you is that um, I definitely, in regards to our generation and how we did things, I definitely bought into that you get a job and you work hard bullshit, right? And I did that for a really long time in my 20s and even in my 30s, I climbed the corporate ladder. I did what I was told and taught to do from the previous generations. And what I realized is that these companies don't give a fuck about you. And why I said that I think that your generation helped change my perspective was their lack of loyalty, their lack of commitment that some people will take as being entitled actually helped me realize that they saw these companies for what they really were from the rip. And they would say, why am I going to come in here and kill myself for someone that could fire me tomorrow? And then where does that leave me? So I'm going to come in here. I'm going to do what I need to do based on my job description. But am I going to come in here super enthusiastic? And am I, am I going to go above and beyond? Am I going to work hard? No, I'm going to work. And in the beginning, being a manager, having to manage people like that, it was like a little frustrating. But then when I started to understand how your generation thought, it was so easy for me to get them to work as a team because I valued their perspective. And once you value someone's perspective, they respect your perspective. So it's like a little bit different. So in the sense of a lot of these corporations don't give a fuck about what these people think. So in, in turn, your generation is like, well, I don't give a shit neither then. And because my generation and the generations previous to me, Gen X and boomers, because they were taught to go into a place and respect it no matter what, they see it as these these young kids are entitled and I don't see it as that. And also having a young son, a 25-year-old and now a 20-year-old son, I see what they go through and the conversations that they have with me about how these businesses are treating them and I'm quick to be like, well then fuck it, leave that shit. Because if it ain't right, then go. And I never would have said that before. I would have been like, you got to stick it out. And you got to work hard. And you got to show up on time. That was me. And I'm not that person anymore. And again, like I, that's, why, that's why I said I led with I'm a, little, I'm a little biased in that perspective. I definitely identify with this generation in that regard. Um, but it took this generation to change my, to change my mind. 
Mm. So, you know, that sucks because, <laughs> you know, it really does. Right. Because as a as a business owner, I, I personally in, um, became invested in all of my employees. I really tried to get them know, to get to know them all individually, understand their lives, uh, see what I can do to help them as as a as an employer um, and really build a great relationship so that they valued, you know, the job that they had. Um, and listening to you say what you said and describing the you know the work environment at, on a corporate level, it really sucks the enthusiasm out of this out of that generation, and it makes yeah. it it makes it tough for people like myself to find people that are willing to like really value a job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like almost like the job is very disposable, um, as I guess the generation quickly came to find out that they were right mm-hmm. as you know as to these corporations. And I, I don't speak for that generation, but that was. I had many conversations. I completely agree, though. Like, just for to, not to get completely anecdotal, but there's certain situations I've heard from my own and other people where, like, you know, you slipped up once or there was certain levels of communication with higher ups and you were gone. You were gone after being there for certain long or helping or sticking out through the mud. I'm like, look how quick that was. Mm-hmm. Look how quick that yeah. was. But I was asking for this, or I didn't have these materials, or I didn't have this, I didn't have this. or So it's just like, okay, I'm going to ask, I'm going to do what I need to do. But if I also see I'm giving more than I'm getting in all aspects, you know, like we tell people that in relationships or this and that, so like, why not work? Yeah. Like if I'm not benefiting the way that you see, like you guys are benefiting, like yeah. you guys are making your quota, you guys are making your money, I'm struggling here still. Or like my work-life balance is like very, very poor. It's very, very hard. Or you're giving me more responsibilities than what is listed in my description. Yeah. But not trying to compensate me or even kind of giving my flowers for that. Right. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that you know, and that's um, that's understandable for sure. I mean, I, I would definitely suck the enthusiasm out of my as suck the enthusiasm asm. Why can't I get that out? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, but I I was fortunate enough to break away from that life at a very young age and kind of, you know, I went to go work with my father and he had his own business. And ever since then I've been self-employed. So, um, totally like disconnected from like yeah. that, the way that whole thing evolved. Yeah. Um, so now that we're talking about jobs and how your generation and like the work ethic, uh, that actually brings me to our next question. Um, let's talk a little bit about college. Cause I feel like that's a hot topic right now. So do you think that college now is worth the money and worth the time that you have to invest into it? No. <laughs> um, yeah, so tell me uh, why. Mic, mic it hurts my heart to Hell say no. it a little bit because, like, I feel like all the parents that I'm really close with, like, um, friends with parents, obviously. Yeah. Um, my mom, even in my ear sometimes, is like, go back to school, think about it. But then just seeing, like, um, if I continued going to school and I started school um, in, like, 2017, supposed to graduate last year, but I left the first semester just because, you know, the school, they like literally snatched funds from underneath my feet last minute. That wasn't in our works. We were, we, my mom and I were in the bursar's office. So it was just like the same way these companies will, okay. Like I have other students here that mm. are giving us the money. You can't do it. I'm like, but this was our agreement. But I just don't think it's worth it just because with so much networking today and just knowing people and just like so much information that you can source on your own and learn on your own rather than paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn it use your resources rightly yeah um and not like i tell a lot of my friends and a lot of my friends that are my coworkers that i look up to in themselves a lot of them didn't go to school either and i'm not going to say like that's the way to go but just it's a to see that a lot of other people did make it, they have their businesses, they are, you know, climbing the ladder of the job that they do want or the field that they do want and have 
not a full degree under the belt or they did go or it just didn't work out for them but to not be under that financial burden in the future when i do see some people that do have their degree and are still struggling to even get entry-level jobs still yeah. or just because they're like some employers will look like oh you went to school during these years during the pandemic oh you weren't actually in school or not in a room you were oh it was virtual mm. that's, that's not really? my issue i didn't even that's know that not was a my thing fault, you know um just a lot of people look at things a lot differently or a lot of employers i would say look at things a lot differently um but also just being in those rooms with those same employers that I've interviewed other people that I've had this these amount of accolades or went to this school and I'm, I'm sitting at the same position with them, making the yeah. same amount of money, doing the same things, the same meetings, going to the meeting, the same people. I'm going to look at everybody in the face and be like, don't stress that. Yeah. You don't have to, you know? And I feel like so many people think about it because our school told us that for so long our parents told us that for so long their parents told them that for so long like without college you're not gonna get a job and without a job you're not gonna get a home and you're not gonna get this oh, yeah, and, like that used to you're be gonna be trend. struggling and i'm like but now it's like usually if you do go to college and you do have all these loans you are gonna struggle to then get a home yeah. because yeah. you're not paying those loans back and yeah we have like all the student loan forgiveness but is it really forgiving you know is it really helping people i didn't get an email yeah, so so as of right now it's only available to uh people who are, are public servants um uh military po uh, police firefighters um anyone who works in nonprofit organizations um, even if you're a librarian, that's considered a public servant, right? Mm -hmm. So that's all like, yeah, because the libraries are for towns. Yeah, so cities. like they, it, they are being forgiven, but it's for a very small group of people, which kind of sucks. You <laughs> know what I mean? And I feel you on that. That look in your eye, I, I, it's like I live in that moment. You know? <laughs> so, so, but, um, you know what though? What I hear is, um, there sounds like a little bit of a common theme here. This like being tied down, this this yeah. not wanting to have this burden, not wanting to have to remain in one space, because it lacks the true value of what this generation wants. Because when I tell you, I so agree with you about acquiring loans, mm -hmm. because I have student loans, we have a home loan, yeah. We have all of those things that keep us really tied into one space. And when I tell you the moment that we break free of that, because that is our that is our future objective. It's a I tell you, it's on the bucket list. Yeah. And little by little, we have been removing ourselves from burdens financially that like I no longer have a car payment. I will never, ever tie into a car payment ever again, because to me, that's just one way of seeking freedom for myself so when i hear you say about like i hear this common word of like burden it sounds to me like your generation doesn't want to be tied to things and i get that an argument i love is that like in the grand scheme of like making young children do really or make these huge decisions like okay you're gonna make this junior in high school senior in high school 15 16 years old make this huge um, decision about going to the school that costs this much money already before they're even 18 saying yes to this thousands of dollars of loans but then when let's think about when we ask our parents can we get a tattoo can i do this that's so permanent you know mm -hmm. um you know like you need, or if you want to date you know wait till you're older but i can like sign off on a hundred thousand dollar loan and i don't even know what i want to wear tomorrow but I know I'm gonna I'm gonna pay that off. Okay, not yes, for nothing. I'm upset right now. <laughs> As you should be. Yeah, As sure. you said that, I don't know if you know, all the hair in my body just stood up. Because it's the truth. Yeah. It really is the truth. And like I've had these conversations with myself 
when like that imposter syndrome like creeps i'm like you know like maybe i should go back you know like i have so much to say maybe like learning more will make like people look no no speak louder then you know i I think it's also it's pretty clear now that tuition is spun wildly out of control right it used to be something that was affordable something that you could take the loans on you know invest in yourself invest in your education and at some point get a job that would give give you a great return on your investment right but now it's not the same the cost of tuition has skyrocketed so hard that it doesn't even meet the rising cost of of um of wages that to invest in like you said a hundred thousand dollar education and come out and get an entry-level job you know what it's going to take you to even pay it off it it, you know financially it just doesn't make sense like you you know on yeah on an investment investment standpoint like it just you that's that's a dumb move financially right not to say that the education is not a good thing to get but the financial tie to it is really not doesn't make a lot of sense nowadays yeah how can we do it without that financial tie it's just making it harder yeah, and harder it's actually called google it's called too. corruption right so <laughs> it's really what it is google. You know, these... that's what i just said i was like there's ways of getting this information and this um i guess this i guess this internal sense of a degree just by learning reading pick up a yeah. book talk to people talk to people network with these people in these different forums or these different um, fields that you see yourself going into talk to them because like, most of the time you're going to meet some people like yeah i need a degree i can get a degree in that yeah like yeah well, i think the great thing now is that there's a the you know degrees are not that much of a requirement anymore right there's and you know that. and I so that, like, yeah a lot of jobs are basing people uh people's qualifications on their experience mm-hmm. and not the degrees that they hold yeah. so i think that's wonderful you know and i think that it opens so many doors for so many people and the, the, you know the economy needs that you know they need to stop um gatekeeping these jobs because you don't have a degree and really start letting the people through that actually have the experience fill these jobs and push our economy where it needs to be Listen, because I have a degree, and did I cut and paste half of my shit? Yup. Yes, I did. Yup, sure did. <laughs> you don't want to know the stuff that I did in college. <laughs> so, um, what's the next question that you have for us? Um, I think I already know it. Okay. But just to look. Yeah. So, what do you fear for my generation that you once didn't for yours? Uh, um, you and I actually spoke about this a little bit prior. And I wanted to wait to give you my answer. And um, the reason why I wanted to wait is because I feel very strongly about this answer. And what I fear for your generation is the level of anxiety, the level of stress, and the level of self-harm that I hear that is being taken upon your generation that I don't think that my generation really had. Not that we didn't have to deal with it at all, but if you take a quick look into some of the statistics of the younger generation versus our generation, it's increased significantly in like those specific areas, people being uh, diagnosed with certain types of mental health issues that wasn't really prevalent in my generation. I look at that like two ways. I look at that as a good thing. Because then that means that more people are speaking up mm-hmm. and saying, I have, an, I have something going on and I need to talk about it. But then there's things in your generation that I think are contributing to some of these mental health issues that I didn't have to deal with, like social media, like texting. And I know that these things seem like such second nature to us now, but I was actually just having a conversation with uh, my son, Mateo, about bullying. And we were saying that when I was young, 
yeah, okay, great. You bullied me in school. When I went home, it was over. Mm -hmm. I had a safe space away from that particular person. But now that's not how it works. Now you leave school, they create a fake profile about you, and they go and talk about your friends. And not only do they do it on, they can do it on multiple sources of platforms now. Now There's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's Snapchat, there's Twitter. There's so many ways that you can continue this conversation that then will in turn affect another human being in a way that may cause them to have stress, anxiety, or even contemplate suicide or even contemplate you know self-harm and i see so much of that happening and that is like my biggest fear for your generation um because you're still so young and to think that i I, you know we joked about it before how i feel like your generation talks about how their like bodies are are you know so much more in a like worn way versus me when i was 25 you know, they talk about things hurting them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are, what are people even saying? Like 25, like they got aches and pains. And I feel like your generation carries somewhat of like this stress on them that my generation didn't have because we played in the streets till the lights came on and I was very carefree. And I only knew about bad things in the world when I maybe went home and turned on the TV or maybe I in passing sword in a newspaper but now it's like at your fingertips and I feel like it's putting this level of anxiety on your generation that um I'm afraid for I'm afraid for you guys but yeah um and that's funny because one of my (laughs) one of one of our questions to you was um and I think I just kind of answered it so well, I'm not even funny that right. Oh, okay, great. So I was gonna ask you, why do you think that there's such an increase in anxiety in your generation versus past ones? Mm-hmm. And like evidently, I feel like everyone's gonna say social media, people dating. Um, but like what I saw it was like um, I categorized it as um, aesthetics, mm-hmm. and then also performance. So yeah, social media, what we look like, what people perceive us as, um, what we compare other people too, um, what we have materialistically, things like that. I want this, I, I, they don't have this, are they gonna judge me for this? And then performance, whether that be work, whether that be us in our literal physical um, presence and how we speak to other people, mm. and also doubling back to school when we were younger. Like, I feel like standardized testing was on the rise mm. as we were younger. This NJS, do this, do not touch this tape until this moment, have this very type of pencil. You have to be at school at this type of time, time's off, phone's away. It was stressful. Teachers mm. were sitting out in halls, like at certain desks. Like it looked like it was it was scary. So you know, like, oh, this test is coming up for this three week period. I'm stressed. <laughs> I'm in third grade. <laughs> like like yeah, I was talking about the, Yeah, I was no. talking about this. So I think that's where it started off younger. And that's where the little mini geniuses came from and the you know, getting taken to gifted class. You know, like I'm very high performing. I was really good in school. And then so you know, as you get an adult, like you're so used to that. And I'm like, okay, I don't have a test that work. Yeah. Like, so you you just push yourself. You keep pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. It's that level of, like I said, the performance and the aesthetics. You want to look good. You want to do good. And people will push themselves to the brink of trying to be that perfection, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it comes from your peers, whether it comes from what you see, whether it comes from your parents. You know, a lot of people love the stereotypes of like, oh, this group of kids, you know, they, they want to be a doctor. Their parents want them to be a doctor. And they're so stressed out from I've literally grew up with kids in high school and elementary school in elementary school, graying hair, 
like what? and like and like you know it could have been making something, all my no, hair it stand up been somewhat, like it could have been something that you know like um with like a what do we call it i forgot but <laughs> like it's passed on from their family genetics um but no like i also knew that person's family stressed them out i knew them as they were in high school continued you know i see what they're doing um, in college now or you know they're going to do this i'm like that's coming from your family and like that pressure they put on you to excel and do this from a very very young age i saw the projects you were doing in kindergarten they were bomb but like that's something an eighth grader was doing like you know like we were always trying to like be better than what the stats as we were you know like oh my third grade is reading at a college level like (laughs) things like that we're always just trying to like push to be the best and like that pressure is a lot on mm. you and I'm a product of that as well and you, I say that every day you know it's so funny to me and I, I just picked up on this when you said it like having an exact type of pencil that was actually something that I just complained about my daughter got her back to school um, list and they were like asking for a specific type of pencil and I'm like a pencil's if, a pencil a, pe- a pencil's a pencil and what if I can't afford this pack of pencils that are five dollars mm-hmm. Um, why is this the criteria now? Right. I, I don't understand this. And I kind of like revolt against that shit. And I never thought about it like, God, maybe my daughter's going to school and she doesn't have the tychochondria pencils and she's got some paper made pencils and people are like, oh, you don't got... No, but that's the thing though. You would really be like, oh no, they're not going to... No, anything. Yeah. Wow. Anything. Same. I remember I got excited going to shop right. I saw the pencil, like this, like, I forgot what brand it was, but they were like these gorgeous mechanical pencils I always wanted growing up. Never able to get them. And I bought like four packs. It's like yeah. adult money. You got that, <laughs> yeah. you got that adult money, I like, right? I never was able to have these as a yeah. kid. That's me now. She does that now, yeah. I, I literally live at my childhood dreams yeah. of getting oh, every. Yeah, I'm like, it. I want every these week, clothes. I buy myself a toy. Yeah. Like, every week. Hello. Um, <laughs> it's off camera, but um, on the other side of here, I have like a whole wall yeah. of, and I, I say these are my toys. <laughs> and when my birthday comes around or Christmas comes around, I'm like, I want toys. And I don't even want to touch them. I just want to put them there and I want to go, you, you're mm-hmm. mine mm-hmm. and you belong to me. You're the thing no that I always is. wanted and no one else is. <laughs> I don't have to fucking share it with anybody. <laughs> it's mine, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, because I, too, had many of those experiences where I didn't get what I needed. I actually just showed my daughter today a picture of me in the third grade. And she said to me, Mommy, your hair looks so messy. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't really taken care of well and I didn't. My parents weren't really there for me, so um, I was kind of fitting for myself type shit. So I had a lot of those moments where other kids had things that I wish that I wanted. Um, but, you know, that had a lot to do with who I am today, so that's not all bad. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just chalk it up to that, but um, I totally hear you when you say that. So um, I'm going to turn it back over to you and then um, let us know what the Because you've asked us two so far, right? Have I? She asked two, yeah. Uh, yeah. I asked one, and you asked. I asked two. You asked two. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I'm not even keeping count. It doesn't matter. But go ahead. Am I next? Yeah. I'm next. Oh, okay. Um. Alrighty. So, for I'm gonna say, what is your opinion on my generation's dating scene and approach on dating? Mm. I have a lot of opinions about this. Do you want to take a crack at it first, Evo? Um, you know that this is a tough one for me, right? Because again, like the work ethic thing, I don't really have a lot of um, 
information on what the dating scene is like. I mean, you know, we've been together for 20 years, so I haven't really had to experience, you know, the dating apps and what the scene is like nowadays and dating and, you know, what it's like dating um, through social media Mm -hmm. and all of these things that you hear, which is the norm now. Um, But I I feel for your generation, in all honesty, because of the... um, No, I really do, because it's... uh, I think about the options that people have, you know, and how 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 they're able to just dispose of relationships and opportunities that they have when they meet someone when something doesn't seem right because there's a thousand options on four or five different apps that they've got and you know they've got tons of notification and I feel like it just makes it um, it makes encounters less meaningful, you know. Um, I know that you know growing up when I met someone that I was semi interested in. You know, I would really take the time to get to know them, you know, and, you you know, because there wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say that there weren't, there weren't options, but not to the degree that there are right now. And even, I know that even when I was younger, you know, if I was talking to someone and there was something about them that I just didn't like, you know, I might go exercise my other options pretty quickly. And if that was happening, happening when I was younger to the degree that I, you know, that I had, where I may have like two or three other options and I'm, you know, maybe speaking to this one person, I can't imagine what it's like now. Mm-hmm. Um, and how easy, you know, how easily someone could just be like, you know, just what are they, you like, go, they ghosting people now, mm-hmm. right? Where they just kind of like, I don't know, fucking just discard them. And, uh, and I've that, actually heard of people while on dates swiping on dating apps. Yeah, see, that's crazy. That's to me, it's just. There was some, yeah, there was something that I heard of. Um, so there was a, there was a saying that I heard that the um, dating app bar is always open. So, whereas, you know, when I got home at the end of the night, there was no more guys for me to see. But now you can go home and you can just keep looking. So the, uh, the limitation is like, there, like there is almost no limitation. It's almost endless. The limit but, does not exist. But we used to yeah. be able to come home. If we, like, let's say we, you know, we came home mm-hmm. as, uh, as younger kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, had, we had the chat rooms. We can go down to the computer and be, you know, be you lost. Yeah, you'd be on AOL, be in the chat rooms. Yeah, you'd be like age, sex, yeah, location. Yeah, age, sex, location. And you, but you couldn't and, see nobody. You couldn't see nobody, but still, like, it was something to People en- getting engage like into. like a motherfucker back Yeah, then. you know, but it was something you can keep the stimulation going and stuff like that, you know, and it wasn't, like, yeah, even prior to that, that. But that wasn't really, like, a big thing, and I'm going to say into, like, 2000, 2001. Right. Yeah, so, but, like, uh, we were... I was in my teens in that, you know, around that. No, you were 23. Well, I remember being, <laughs> you I know, were, you in were my, I, feel, I feel like I remember when I was in my teens when I was like in those chat rooms. Really? Like in my later teens, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't. I feel uh, like they were in like the late 90s. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so maybe, yeah. maybe I'm off. And those chat rooms used to get busy, man. I used to, feel, I used to get lost in there, you know, like, I, it was so funny. I'd be sitting there trying to strike up a conversation with somebody and you'd see like, yeah. a hundred conversations people talking back and forth talking back and forth and yeah. it's like you know you're trying to play double dutch trying to get in there and sometimes yeah. you know it was even, it would even be difficult to engage in a conversation with somebody because people would just be talking so much um and then there'd be like 50 or 100 different chat rooms and you could just bounce around in all of them and they'd all be differently you know themed so i felt like that that was our you know after dark type of bar keep going oh dating scene right so the analog version of it <laughs> <laughs> so when i think about the dating scene for your generation um there is a sense of timidness and fear that I sense from your generation that I find very confusing, and I'll elaborate. In talking to my sons about how they approach dating and talking to other people, because I actually have another friend that is just about your age. She may be like maybe just a year older than you. 
there is this like I could never say that I hear this often so for example there was this one time a girlfriend of mine was interested in a guy and I was like all right so tell me about that and she was like tell me about the guy and I'm like so how do you feel about him and she then told me how she and I'm like okay so have you told him and she's like no I couldn't tell him because if I tell him, then it could potentially push him away. Or then it's like it Mm. goes from us being it goes from us, you know, casually talking to us then being in a situationship. There's like all these terminologies that are surrounded like around fear of saying something wrong. It's fear of rejection. Yeah. Fear of rejection. And me personally, and I can only speak for myself. I never felt like that i always felt like i'm gonna say what i want to say and i'm gonna say it either at the cost of my own ego or i'm gonna say that the cost of this person maybe potentially disliking what i have to say Mm -hmm. because i'm gonna shoot my shot but i feel like your generation this is just my perspective lacks that like that sternness of being like fucking i'm gonna just tell him or her how i feel about them and however it goes that's how it goes so I feel like it's so easy to just slightly mess around with somebody because you're never risking. You never know what the true intentions are. You don't know yeah. how to communicate anything. And it just you're never, you're never risking the, the true rejection, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because it's very easy to keep. They don't know what they keep... want. They don't know what you want. So yeah. This Keeping is things all very... that they know that I want. Yeah. It's... Keeping things very surface level, I feel like, for your generation is so easy where... Mm-hmm. Um, it's very annoying. I don't know if you know this, but, like, I approached Evo. And a lot of people... Uh, I hear a lot of your generation talking about, like, girls that are, like, you know, set your intention. And, like, if the guy wants you, he'll come to you. I would never go up to a guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But at the same time, like, I wanted that. I yeah, went and got that. It's a little bit of both, yeah. honestly. It's like... You know your worth. You know what you bring to the table. I built the table. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, there you go. You know, but then also you also know your worth in a sense of like, all right, I gave you this chance. I said my piece, whatever. I'm not going to chase you. Um, and it's like I tell my friends all the time, like, I play around. Like, I have a god complex because I feel like if you have a god complex, you cannot really feel embarrassment in a sense. And I say this a jokingly thing just because, like, I'm going to say this. If it doesn't go the way that I want what they're going to do mm. what's going to happen what are they going to say you're going to check me <laughs> like but that's that's a great quality to you have know? you know it's like yeah. it's like almost like having a, like a, like a thick skin you know yeah like, oh. or just like that best friend on your shoulder because like when you are insecure you need to like shake that off and be like yeah for sure what's the worst that can happen they're gonna like no thanks yeah exactly i'm not interested mm-hmm. or like even if like they do say something to and that's also the thing a lot of these people are very brutal very 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 brutal um in a sense of like how they say things like i remember um growing up in high school like it wasn't even really dating someone was like oh i'm going to this party um and i was like oh i didn't even hear this party i don't really go anything they're like um someone else behind me was like oh they wouldn't have invited her they don't like black girls like oh. just like brutal things like that and i was just like i wasn't even trying to date mm-hmm. you asked me if i was invited and someone behind just like yeah threw that taking shots like that. and just like the the way people just reject people they no one's kind anymore mm. and they feel like it costs money to be kind or it costs time to just be like you know i'm not interested you know but like thank you or as you're flattering people just feel like i'm not interested like blah, 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 kick rocks like it just like yeah, you have very, to be yeah, very so, insulting so about that's it. why people move the way they do because it's not even like rejection anymore it's like you're just tearing like my heart out and throwing it on the ground 
like they're speaking to you in a way like like the audacity that you even have to, to even speak to me. You, you breathe in the same air ombre that's thinking. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we in the same line of shop, right? Se- <laughs> several times in this conversation, you've made my hair stand up because I feel so strongly about some of the things that you're saying. When you just said, oh, she wouldn't have been invited because she's a black girl. When I tell you, my switch would have turned on and I would have turned around and been like, we have just lost cabin pressure. I was in high school or something. Like the way that like I remember this, I remember the names, the line I was standing in, the nasty food I probably ate afterwards. Like, yeah, just like things like that. But it's just like, that makes, it's just like thinking of stuff like that. Like it just makes you like, like I also as a young black woman who also dates in her race and out of her race, you know, like it's also a thought in a lot of our heads. Like, do they like, even with people of my own you know, race and, and oh yeah, because there's a lot of black it's always men. Always that that question in the back, like, do they like this? Yeah. Like, am I gonna? You know, it's never like I don't really think that way anymore. I'm a human. I'm gonna go up and talk to this person. If they don't, okay, that's it. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's also as a woman as well. Not even like race aside, you can't really be that confident anymore. We're not even confident. You can't just like be that ballsy anymore. Mm. Just because you know you can find somebody nice. It can look nice. You exchange numbers, see them here. And then the next day you're on 2020. You never, you just never know. <laughs> it's just scary. You just really never wow. know. So it's just everywhere. So, wow. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of wowed by that. We're going to continue this conversation answer. off camera. But what I will say is this. We're actually nearing the end of the episode. Um, we actually still had some other questions. So maybe we'll do a part two of this because I'm really enjoying this conversation. Absolutely. I think the best way for us to wrap this up is to ask a question to each other that is the same question, which is, what do you love or hate about our generation? And then I think we'll also give you, you'll that'll be the question to us. Like, what do we either love or hate about your generation? But I'll give you the floor. But I would love for you to talk a little bit to the camera so that people could know, like, what you're saying when you say this. Oh, okay. Let's start with, like, I love. Yeah. Um, there are teachers. Like, I, there's certain things that we wouldn't have known or wouldn't have really been able to really sh- reshape or grasp our own way of doing without these kind of forerunners here you know um and those people that didn't like oh well my parents aren't in my life but there's somebody there that's from a previous generation that kind of molded your ideology your way of thinking in some way and even if you don't think identically like that that's why we're the why you know we are the, mm. the people that question we're gonna like okay i see why you did that i'm not gonna go this route so it's like you gave me that blueprint you gave me like that little dotted line and i traced my own little way of going about it so like we thank you we're just gonna we're gonna remix it right now you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> um what i would like to say i don't really like to say hey it's yeah or what do you dislike? dislike yeah um but i feel like that goes with all generations before a lot of generations before us you probably say the same about the generation before you y'all stuck in your ways mm. you know um it's really hard to teach an old dog new tricks um in the simplest ways of like phones social media certain things <laughs> or just like what's current events or just i know like a lot of i've had a conversation with like um i would like to say like ex-in-laws or family members about you know um identity of a lot of our generations or like their sexual identities and things like that and the, the way that people are like well i don't understand this or well, why do you mm. genuinely have to understand if it does not collate with you mesh with you or align with anything that you believe in or affect you in any way just okay i see you that exists now this is part of everyone's life now maybe not directly with mine but 
accept it and move on mm. that's something like this is stuck in the ways of, like my opinion matters this is what i grew up on and it cannot change you're stuck in your ways things are gonna move yeah. the way like were you angry at computers when they came around like <laughs> there's things like that like i've had so many conversations and working in so many i would like to say like public and i guess um um customer service based jobs where i'm physically in person with so many different types of people and i've had these conversations where i just see things happening and i work with so many different ages and i, I see that a lot and that's one thing i cannot stand because like we're just gonna be so much change within people within structures within environments and that's just something i've noticed that the, the like previous generations just like can't really get a grasp on mm. like and i think that's where some of the anxiety stems from too Ooh. Mm-hmm. um I'm going to make this, I'm going to try to make this quick. Uh, What I love about your generation is your, is your ability to stand up for what you believe in. I feel like a lot of past generations will kind of cower at some of the things that went on in the world because it seemed difficult where I feel like the younger generation, I remember during the pandemic when, um, um, we went marching in a Black Lives Matter march and there were so many people from your generation and they were speaking their fucking truth and they were loud and proud about it. And I can't say that I really remember people from my generation putting themselves out on a limb like that. So I love your generation for that. What I dislike about your generation, which is interesting because you kind of touched on You said that our generation is stuck in our ways and that it's hard for, we have like, we believe that things should be a certain way. I feel like your generation actually has a little bit of that too. So in the same regard where there are certain things in your generation that I think now are becoming a little bit more free, the mindset of sexuality, um, maybe if someone is identifies as as like non-binary or someone is trans or if someone wants to be uh, referred to with a pronoun. These are things that are heavily embedded in your generation that you feel very strongly about. I would love for your generation just to give our older generations a little bit of grace. If we say something incorrectly, if you know that it's not coming from a place of malice, that mm-hmm. we are just not used to this new mm-hmm. way, if we are trying, please just give us a little grace. But do you feel like you haven't received grace? Yes, because cancel culture comes for people hard. Mm. When they say something just slightly fucked up and they're mm-hmm. like, they're done. One thing I'll say about cancel culture is like, the people that are coming at you to correct you are most likely not even part of the community. Oh, I, and see, that's so valid. So like, I just, in this like, you give us a little, we'll give you a little type shit. But it's only going to work with the people that are like, their hearts are open. Mm-hmm. Because if their hearts are not open, then it, it's like the 80-20 rule. I mean, you know, 80% of the population is really going to try to make things work. There's 10% that you're going to have to sway them, and they're like somewhat swayable. And then there's 10%, you're never going to get them to fucking change their mind. So just throw that shit in the trash. But if their hearts are open, then there there's some space for conversation there. What about you? Um, well, I'm going to make mine really quick. It's pretty, pretty simple. Uh, what I love about your generation is the um, the expression that's come out of this generation, the, mm-hmm. the way that, that your generation has found um, a way to give themselves a voice by either their fashion, their, you know, their, their sexuality and just, you know, how they how they um, how they socially operate. Right. I think that it's 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 a it's a beautiful thing. 
Um, and what I don't like about your generation <laughs> is uh, in the same sense where I was talking about, you know, how your generation has branched off and created this new way of living based on the, the, the what the dream that we that we had became unattainable. What I don't like about your generation is the branch that came out of hip hop. All right. And there's this style of music and not to say that all of the hip hop. Right. But there was this this culture that came out and this music that came out. And I, and it was a thriving culture of music that I just could not stand. Trap. You, you don't like trap? No, I love trap. I love trap. I love trap. But I mean, so and I know that this is a trap. Trap, just, oh, trap music is, is great. Drill music, like all that so stuff. That stuff is, is dope. I mean, it was more like, you know, just like the mumble rap type of stuff that came out. You know, he's talking about he's talking about like Lil Pump and Lil Zane. Yeah, you know, like like, that. like artists like that, that um, really six nine. No, six nine was he was he was I can't really add he was crazy and loud I was sobbing over Paramore so this not my, yeah, this yeah, not it's, it's not your thing right you know what I'm saying and so <laughs> and, and so like that portion right you know how how you love that band and how it's um it's become part of your life and you express yourself and how that's how um the person that you've become you know like and how you express yourself artistically I think that that's great um but there's like a whole culture of the same yeah. generation that broke out that and I mean, and this thing, this this music was thriving mm-hmm. hard, you know, and you couldn't get away from it at a moment. And but it, that's the key word. It was. It was thriving. Because I think the people who were the showrunners have really, um, yeah. sadly, X passed because I think he was like the fucking driving force of mm-hmm. that. Um, but there are some rappers that I think really have, you know, put their yeah, toes in yeah. ten deep, and they have, you know, like Twenty One Savage. He has shown that he just wasn't about like that genre mm-hmm. of mumble bullshit that came yeah. out that a lot of people of our generation despise. Well, so here's the, we've talked about here's the funny thing, right? A lot of generation too. A lot of those artists that are still standing now, right, that come from your generation, that you can still see um, how our generation inspired them and how mm. how their their lyrical content is is our generation is woven into that and it's their own right it's the new version of it and it's and it's still very unique but it's so inspired by you know the the uh, the music that came before them and then there's just like there was, there was what I'm telling you that I don't even know where this came from yeah. and where the inspiration for I, it, I, it was I agree just, with that. it was just so some like, crazy I'm expression to do what I want I'm gonna do yeah. something different y'all gonna love it exactly <laughs> and there, and no, the, for for a minute it was. <laughs> like there was there was people loving it and then listen and that, that's not to say that our generation didn't do the same thing to the generation prior to us right yeah. and like our music oh, to them sure you know what i mean but it's so like if There's i had to put, put my yeah if i had to put my finger on something about your generation that i dislike it would be that I right i can't there. wait to be like and y'all see one day and be like Looking. yeah i don't know what this is because <laughs> like there's some stuff now that i'm just like yeah i don't know what this is like, listen do you i, I remember NWA. I remember when DMX dropped. People were like, "What? This man is barking. What the fuck is happening yeah. right now?" <laughs> they were like, "Back in my day," and I'm like, "Sir, I don't give a fuck. I'm at the bus stop at two o'clock. Yeah, rough where riders. My, where my dog's at? <laughs> right." So, like this, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I know that our generation definitely did the same thing, um, but I would just that's if I had to pick something, that's what it would be for me. So, with that being said. Fuck that trash rap. <laughs> okay. um, that actually brings us to the end of the episode. Um, Kay, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. Um, I usually always tell Evo how much I enjoy the conversation, but now it, yeah. you know we're trifecta. Nice to hear you say it to somebody else. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would love if we could do this again because, there, like I said, there were questions yeah. that we didn't even get to that I think He's people talking. would love to hear. I th- 
I think actually maybe next time we may add another person from your generation so that maybe we could bounce a little bit more. But that's, you know, this is episode 101. You know, we got to come in new. We got to come in fresh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, and I hope our listeners or and our viewers like the, they're enjoying the new setup here. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> with that being said, I want to thank everybody for either listening or watching us on Shit Talk Fridays. And until next Friday, ladies and gentlemen, peace out. Peace out. <laughs>